0: I invite you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 29. Jeremiah, chapter 29. If you are visiting or new to our church, regularly attending, and perhaps this is your very first Vision Sunday, uh, this time period will be just slightly different in the fact that I'm not going to preach a normal message. I'm going to share what we believe would be the direction, uh, the vision for this coming year, we certainly know uh, that, the, that the prophet said, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And if you look on your prayer card there, I'd like to begin with that. Uh, as we take out this, this prayer card, you will see there even the words of the prophet Habakkuk as he said this, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain. And uh, and the, the idea there is that people will hold on to it, they'll run with it, and they'll make it happen. And so we would like to spend this first Sunday of the new year, 2024, to explain where we're going to go this year. I do believe that we could be living in one of the most challenging years of our entire existence. I think all of us recognize that that there is an upswing uh, of, uh, the, uh, of just... Everything that we do not believe in. There is a, it's almost like a, that, that we glory in evil. We glory in sin. And so we are trying to fight against that, push back against that. So we live in challenging times. It seems to be like we're being microwaved. It's very quick what is happening right now in our country. It should concern all of us, and we are the ones who will stop it. The world will never stop it. And it's going to be through our our collective prayer efforts and our involvement efforts that we will be able to push back the tide of evil that surrounds us at every juncture. And so, if you look at this car, we have some prayer goals for 2024. We invite you as our church members or regular tenders to 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 put this card in a place where you can regularly pray for your church. And regularly means, if not daily, at least every couple of days, weekly, weekly please pray and uphold your prayer in church. And so there are some things that that are, should just right, be right there in front of you. We, we want to start a summer internship program where we can help young men uh, uh, as they're preparing to go into ministry. We certainly know that on our campus, we're trying to do some campus improvement projects. One would be this very auditorium where... We know that carpet needs to be replaced and some updating needs to happen in our, our sound and vision. And then uh, right now we are in the midst of a project and I invite you after the service, if you have a few minutes, to walk through. You can see the four new classrooms, two offices that have been uh, now uh, uh, a bit built out, ready for just some finishing touches and paint. Uh, it's right behind the Spanish chapel. I invite you to walk through there and see what's happening because many of you have given to that and, or are giving to that, have committed to give to that. We could not do it without you. And then so... Uh, I invite you to pray about those projects throughout this year. Uh, It takes people and it takes funds to do it, but it's necessary for us to continue in our mission. And then certainly uh, in our uh, summer missions, uh, we have some mission trip opportunities, and we'll talk about those in just a little while in our presentation. And then I would like for you to pray about five specific events that are listed there. Make those a matter of prayer For when we get into uh, part of our presentation, we're going to see that Easter weekend, Friend Day, Vacation Bible School, our camps, and then our Christmas experience are five great big outreaches uh, that we can see things um, uh, really change in in the life of our church. And then, certainly... the Bible teaches us that there was a, always a time of, of remembrance and celebration, and we want to celebrate some of the great things that have happened in our, our, our year 2023. And certainly, we're asking God to do even exceedingly abundantly more than what He accomplished in 2023. On the back side of that card are important dates. We will not go through those this morning, but there's some very important dates uh, we invite you to Put those on your calendar, if possible, to uh, your vacation or time off, if you would consider making uh, many of these a priority, to still be in town and be a part of that. Now, if you would be kind enough to take out this piece of paper, and you can just fold that, and and we're going to introduce our our theme. Now, uh, does anyone remember what our theme was from last year? Stay strong. We said it a million times through the course of the year, all of us, and every single note I wrote, and by the way, I wrote to every single church member last year. If you did not receive a note from me, that would mean that you uh, do not have your address or did not want to be contacted. Um, but we, I personally hand-wrote a note to every single person who had a birthday last year in this church, and uh, and I always said, stay strong at the end of that uh, of that note. That was our theme. The reason that we wanted to stay strong. It was. It was. Uh, it, it ran a course along with something else that was happening in our church. Someone helped me out here. What happened last year was super significant. 65 years we celebrated, and what a celebration it was. In the middle of July, we had an ice sculpture. I'll never forget that. So uh, uh, it was awesome. We had dinner on the grounds and a special weekend, and uh, it was something to remember. I still remember it with great fondness and joy. Um, And so building upon that theme, uh, we understand that uh, in order to... uh, Stay strong as a church, and we preached about that throughout the course of the year. We kept that vision right in front of you. I would like to take another step this year, but but this step is a little bit different philosophically. Last year, it was stay strong as a church. We must stay strong as a church. 65 years, in order to stay another 65 years as a church, we have to stay strong. This year, I'd like for us to be perhaps a little bit selfish, and I'd like for us to be individually focused. Focused. And as I began to pray months ago, and, and obviously uh, we did not just come up with this this week, uh, for throughout our campus. There's been a, uh, changes with our, with our theme, and you can see it in the courtyard, in the parking lot, here in the auditorium, over in the Spanish Chapel. Uh, it, it has taken a great number of people to make uh, this theme a reality, and I am so incredibly uh, blessed with that we have the staff that we do. And as I Began to pray about and study and consider our theme. The Lord certainly impressed upon me this passage of scripture found in Jeremiah chapter 29, and that is about being focused individually and then I began to break that down and how can we be focused and and really the number could we could we could have a number that's that was 12 we could have a one for each um, month of the year we could have one that's 24 and two per month uh, the the things that we need to be focused on is innumerable but I narrowed it down to seven seven in the in the scripture being a number of completion or we even say perfection and so I've, I I narrowed it down to seven individual topics, areas of life that we can be focused. And I would like to go through those seven areas this morning. And of course, our time will not allow me to to, uh, uh, develop each one. That will happen during the course of the year. We will spend some time on each one of these topics. But let's begin this morning with our, uh, our passage of Scripture that I believe helps Focus us where we're going to go in 2024. Would you follow along as we read right here in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, 12, and 13. Jeremiah is writing, and he says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and, 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 and you shall go, and you pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Now, verse 13 is really the, the key here. And the Bible says through the writings of Jeremiah, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Now, it takes some focus to be able to do that. I do need to give you uh, some background here. I think that you could safely put this on my tombstone when I die. There are two things that we must always consider when we look at Scripture. What are they? They are culture and context. And so that would describe my my ministry here for 15 years, is that you've heard that really many, probably a, a couple hundred times in 15 years. I've heard this passage of Scripture preached on, and uh, it was not interpreted correctly. A lot of people say, listen, God has promised you all these blessings and prosperity, and I've heard prosperity preachers actually preach this passage of Scripture, and they they have gloriously messed it up. I'd like to give you some culture and context. The nation of Israel was in trouble. And uh, they, were, they were begging God for relief. We understand their cycle. They would sin. Uh, they would be taken into captivity or bondage. They'd become slaves. They would, then they would get right with God, and God would deliver them. And then the cycle would start all over again. It's the history of Israel where they're in one of those cycles, and uh, they are in captivity, and uh, it, things are rough, and they're bad. And during this time period, if you study the book of Jeremiah in history, what was happening is there was these false prophets that were going around and saying, God's going to deliver us, God's going to do this, and God's going to do that. And the people were getting excited. And God spoke to Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, that's not what's going to happen. In fact, they're still going to be kept in captivity for some 70 more years Now that's going to be the whole life cycle of some people that they're still not going to have the freedom. Aren't you thankful for the freedom we have in Christ this morning? To be under bondage for 70 years, basically your entire life. Um, That's how much they had left. And so God implored Jeremiah to write a correction about what was being said uh, from the false prophets. And so I want to be clear. That I'm using this passage of Scripture not because God wrote that to us. He did not. This specifically was written to the Jewish people. It was not written to us. It was not written to the church. But there's always lessons we can learn from the Word of God. And so we're going to learn some lessons from the Word of God. And I say that to lay this foundation. We do not know what's going to happen in 2024. 2024. Could I give you a little history lesson? It was 2018. We were so excited. We had these amazingly tall letters that went from this step all the way across to that step. We had people who cut out letters for hours, and it looked so amazing. There was this wall of white letters here. Does anyone remember 2018 what that word was for our theme in 2018? Unbreakable. And we started with excitement and enthusiasm. And after that Sunday morning service, it all went downhill for the rest of the year. It was the worst year of my serving as pastor here. Everything that could go wrong went wrong that year. We uh, we don't. I, I don't really want to uh, bring up all the things that happened, but there were murders and there were uh, multiple break-ins and there were insurance claims and there was all kinds of problems. And we ended the year financially distressed. It was emotionally distressing time. The church uh, had a, a change of leadership in Spanish, and it was. Really a difficult year. Uh, We almost broke that year. So I say, uh, I'm never picking a theme like that one again. (laughs) I learned my lesson. Um, But I do want us to understand that in order to stay focused, we have to understand that there could be some challenges this year. And unless you have a laser-type focus, the challenges around you will distract you, discourage you, defeat you, and ultimately destroy you. And we do not want that to happen this year. So I want to challenge you from the very first Sunday of the year to stay singularly focused on your relationship with God and in these seven areas that if we would stay focused as a church, it will be unbelievable what could happen. Well, let's break them down. Number one will be that we want to stay focused on faith. Focused on faith. Now, this is our largest area, and I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to end with this. So, I want to go through the other ones, um, but I want to uh, end on Focused on Faith because it is the bucket um, uh, 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 where we will spend the, the majority of our time this year. The second area I want us to focus on is family. Focused on family. And With each one of these, we will preach a a message or a series of messages. And so we will take a a whole month and preach uh, on how to be focused on family. But can I just say this? It's time for absentee parents to come back. It's time for absentee parents to re-engage in the lives of their families. It's time for some things like this, for families to eat together. It's time for some families to take their telephone out uh, of their pocket and all put in the center of the table and no one look at their phone for a whole meal and just talk to each other. By the way, it will only take you a, a few seconds and you say, what are we supposed to talk about? Because families don't talk anymore. And I want us to focus on the family relationship because if we do not have strong families, we do not have a strong church. I love our empowered group. In fact, we'll have fifty to sixty in our empowered group, and I'm thankful for them. But each one of those represent a single individual, not a family, not a, 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 a husband, a wife, or children. They they represent individual. You cannot build a church. Just on your single adults. It takes relationships within the family. And my prayer is that we will marry many of those this year. And we'll see some relationships happen. And we'll see what happens. That's usually what has happened uh, uh, in, in our empowered group. And so we'll look forward to that. But it is time... To re-engage the family and to see strong families in our church and to see families coming to church together and uh, loving each other and serving together. The number three on my list is I want to focus on forgiveness. This year I want to focus on forgiveness. I have been offended and I have offended. And the problem is, is that when we have an offense in our life, it is natural, it is human nature to hold on to that grievance. But may I say, it's not biblical to hold on to that grievance. And we have some folks who are hurting and holding on to issues, and, and in those issues, what they're, what they, what, what, it, by holding on to them, what they're doing is they're hindering the work of the Lord. And we have some we have some things that people need to forgive within the family unit, within the church unit, perhaps within the extended family unit. We need to focus on forgiveness. Then, uh, And, and, and we'll, we'll get into that. I want to preach a series of messages with God's help about forgiveness. And, and just laying that out, I, I, I found there were seven areas we need to forgive. So that could be uh, four or five messages just on forgiveness. There's too many of us that hold grudges And those grudges hinder us from serving. Number four, I'd like for us to focus on friendship. Focus on friendship. May I say this? If you do not have unsaved friends in your life, how can you reach others? If you do not have unsaved friends in your life, how can you reach others? We... Do not want to just only be inward. We must be outward. We must. And so we must have some relationships outside of these walls. I I started to say four walls, but it's kind of hard to figure out what the curves. But outside of these walls, we must have some friendships so that we can bring people to Jesus. Here's what I, I find. Um, if I could uh, have you interact with me this morning, that'd be great. If you have been a member here 10 years or longer, would you please stand for just a moment? You've been a member here 10 years or longer. Now, what I'm about to say, I'm going to say respectfully. It is not, it's not meant to, to, to be in any way a, a derogatory, but I just want to say this. oftentimes, we get in our comfort zone the longer we're in a church and all of our friends are within the church because we don't cultivate any friendships out outside now look around how many people have been here less than 10 years that's fascinating That's absolutely mind-blowing you could be seated thank you so much but here's what i what i find that that always happens for someone who recently joins our church and is excited about our church what do they can someone help me what do they do they invite other people because they love their church. They bring other people. That's what happens in Empowered, and that's why Empowered, our single adults group, keeps growing, is that uh, we have uh, our single adults who come, they love the church, they go back and they tell their friends, their friends who are outside of our church. I want to challenge all of us to find a friend or two that we can develop a relationship with, and then invite them to church and we can begin working on them. And then, Within the church, I want to say this. Oftentimes, it's hard to break through when you're a new person. Let me illustrate this. We have some folks who've just recently joined our church. And it's exciting that they've joined our church. But they're having a hard time making friendships. And you know why they have a hard time making friendships? Because everybody else already has their friends. And so, why would we welcome somebody else in? I like my friends. I like who I'm around. And so, when somebody else knew, well, they could find another friend group. <clears throat> that shouldn't be that way in the church because we're a family. And so, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be looking for those new people that join our church. And so, the collectively, our friendships are strong in our church. By the way, strong friendships leads to strong uh, families. And those strong families certainly help our church because then people are looking forward to come back and we'll get back into faith in a moment. But then that helps our our bucket of faith when we look at that. So friendships. Now, the next one I'm super excited about. And we're going to be focused on fitness. Can I hear a collective groan? Yeah. Do you realize the Bible has much to say about exercise and even sports? And we're going to look forward uh, to preaching a message about that and, 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 um, and may uh, do that a couple different times through the course of the year. Uh, but God did not create us to be unhealthy. May I say that again? God did not create us to live a life that's unhealthy. And the reason that most people are unhealthy is because of life choices when it comes to their nutrition and their lack of exercise and we know that they say that sitting at a desk is the new smoking I don't know of anyone in here that smokes and um, uh, when I first came here there were several people who smoked but I don't know of anyone who who smokes now we understand that smoking causes cancer it's detrimental to our health and nobody would even disagree with that today but now we sit. We sit in our easy chairs. We sit in our office chair. And they call, they're calling that. Doctors call that. My own doctor, Dr. Golasso told me that. He asked, how, he asked me, he said, how much do you get up? How many steps do you walk? And, and what are you doing uh, for your exercise? Um, if we're sick, we're ineffective for serving the Lord. If we're unhealthy, we're ineffective for serving the Lord. We must be a people that's concerned. Man, it got quiet in here. It's, it's, suddenly it is hot up here. But I'm just going to say this. We've got to work on walking and hiking. And we've got to stop eating unhealthy. We've, we must know what we're putting in our mouth. And it must count. It must be important to us. And we've got to get over the cycle of, well, it's just... You know what? I, I had a New Year's goal. I was going to lose 10 pounds, and here it is. It's January 7th, and I've already forgotten about that. It needs to be something that I'm focused on. And in, being, in, in focusing on it, I feel better, and I'm more effective. Um, I'm thankful that, um, Pastor David, would you stand up? This is Pastor David. First of all, I'd like for you to thank him for designing. He took my vision. He designed everything. He This is all he has designed. Let's thank him for that great job that he's done. So, Pastor David, why don't you turn... Could, 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 just stand right here so you can face everyone. So that way everybody can see you. This is the new Pastor David with facial hair and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I, I mean, he, he's, he started... He's focused here. Well, so... So, Pastor Jonathan, would you please stand up here? There we go. Um, and so, this is our, this is our, our, our staff. Now, I, I, I'm just trying to make you, I'm going to pick on our staff here and not you. All right? So, Pastor Jonathan uh, here, um, uh, he loves, does anyone know what he loves to do? He loves to run. run. He loves to run. He's not cycle. He loves to run. In fact, he's a he's, he's, uh, uh you can pray about him, uh, pray about it with him, and, and, and encourage him, and maybe because you're going to be focused on fitness, you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, I'd love to join you. <laughs> he's going to be running a full marathon um, uh, at, at next month in February, and in running a full marathon, uh, he's certainly focused on fitness, but that's not good. If he did not train right now, he would not be successful in February, but right now, like last, yes, just yesterday, he just ran 17 miles. Just, just for fun, ran seventeen miles. That's um, uh, pretty amazing. Um, uh, and so he is focused on running. He's focused. He's uh, he's focused on fitness. He wants to be healthy. And uh, his wife is, is uh, going to be in the marathon. They're going to do it together. He's careful about what he eats. He's watching. Well, Pastor David over here, Pastor David over here says, "I hate running." Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, well, you can cycle. I don't even have a bike. I don't want to do cycling. Well, I said, "Well, Pastor David, you got to do something." So he got his new pickleball. He got his new pickleball. Uh, what is it? Set. What set? Pickleball set. And so he's going to stay fit this year playing pickleball. And he would like for you to join him if you don't, aren't willing to join Pastor Jonathan. So you guys can be seated. Thank you, guys. It's great to have you on our staff. Now. As your pastor, on the first Sunday, understanding that we could lose people if your faith is shallow, you should care about your fitness. You should care about what you eat. It should bother you the number of pills that you have to take just to get out of bed. It should bother you. And so it costs nothing to run, it costs nothing to walk. And I want to encourage you. I, I share this. I, I, like this year, my, my goal is to, to lose three and a half pounds and to stay at a certain weight. And uh, in my cycling effort, I have goals. I, um, I already have planned in August. Uh, there's a particular day in August. I'm going to ride 200 miles in one day on my bike. And it, it's a crazy goal. I'm a, but but I, I, I'm focused on that. That's a focus, a goal I've already set at the beginning of the year. If you have no goals when it comes to your fitness, you will be successful, In a year from now you'll be heavier and more unhealthy than you are right now. You don't have to be unhealthy. You don't have to be overweight. You don't have to eat junk. (laughs) You don't have to. You choose to. You choose to be unhealthy. You choose to be unfit, and you choose to eat, eat garbage in your diet. Now, I'm just saying here because you, you may never come back to our church after this. So That's why I'm camping out here on this point. Uh, as a pastor, I want to challenge you. Take care of your health because we need you. When we get back to faith, you understand why we need you this year. We need you to be healthy. So, we have organized four different events that's going to be church events. And one of those is going to be a 5K. And you have several many months to get ready. We're going to have a church-sponsored 5K ribbons, T-shirts. It's going to be a big deal. And if you have to walk, crawl, climb, be pulled, I don't care. I want hundreds of people to do our 5K. We're going to have a hike as a church. We're going to have a walk as a church. But the 5K is going to be our emphasis for the year. And to a much smaller number, we're going to have a bicycling event. We are going to try to engage you in this area as a church family uh, in this area of fitness. So that means that many of you have just had to change where you're planning to eat lunch today. All right? Some of you are saying, can you please get to the next one? We'll do that right now. I want you to also focus on your finances. I want you to focus on your finances. Well, that doesn't get any better, Pastor. If you'd have seen my finances, well, that's just it. If I did see your finances, I'd be concerned. I want you to focus on your finances. And there's different ways you can do that. I read a a study uh, uh, from uh, the New England Journal of Medicine about stress caused by materialistic things. Shelly and I, we just recently moved. Uh, we moved two months ago and, and uh, we moved into a different house. And in moving into a different house, we discovered that we have boxes that we did not know what was in them because when we moved from Hayden Drive eight years ago to the house that we just moved from, we packed things up and we never opened those boxes in eight years. Can anyone relate? Our garages and our attics and our closets are filled with stuff that stresses us out the thought of getting rid of it. Although, for eight years, Shelly and I have never needed the contents of those boxes, but we still hold them. You know what we did? We moved them from the old house to the new house. We still have no idea what's in some of those boxes. But the thought of getting rid of them stresses Shelly out. In Brent. And at some point, we've committed that we're going to go through those boxes and get rid of some of those stuff. Uh, now, here's, here's, you know why I say that is because stuff costs money. And many of us, the reason that we have some financial difficulty is that we have purchased things to please someone else or to impress someone else. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that it ends up in the garage, in the attic, and we have no idea how much we spent five years, five years later, how much we spent on that thing that we absolutely had to have at the moment. And so some of us, we have deep financial stress. And I want us to focus on getting you out of debt this year. Wouldn't that be an admirable goal? To reduce some of your debt load and I understand, I understand that there's what's called acceptable debt if you have a home and you're trying to purchase a home. And I understand that that's not a depreciable asset. That's an asset that appreciates. And so I understand that. But some of us, we, we have car payments that are eight, $900 on a depreciating asset, and it's eating us alive. I just heard yesterday about a lady who is uh, deep in debt. Her debt ratio to income is so out of whack that nobody will loan her money. And she's going to lose her house because of it. The only way you get into that situation is that you've made some unwise decisions along the way because you were not focused on what you should be focused on. And that is using your resources, your time, and your talents, and your treasures for the things of God. I spent some time on this on Wednesday night, and so I won't uh, repeat all, all of the things I said on Wednesday. But here's what I absolutely will assure you as a pastor. If you are faithful in your finances, you will not lack in your finances. May I say that again? If you are faithful in your finances, you will not lack in your finances. And so time doesn't permit. I understand what time it is already. Time does not permit us. To go into this any further this morning, but we're going to preach a series of messages about finances to help you in this area. And then I want us to be focused on future. Uh, There are some things that uh, we have to understand that what I am, uh, the reason I'm living this life is because of my future. And as a believer, as a Christian, I have to understand that I have a future in heaven. And there's some things, there's some treasures that I should be laying up in heaven. And it's very important. And so I'm going to preach a message about our future, uh, a future church, things that are going to happen. But let's quickly go back to number one, and that is focused on faith. It is, a. we could literally preach throughout this whole year just on this area, uh, but, uh, we'll, and we'll break that up, but focused on faith. We must be focused on a relationship with God. Now, I know that in a crowd this size, there were many of us that we set out the new year with a goal to read through the Bible, to read through Psalms and Proverbs, to read, to be faithful in, in the Word of God. I wonder how you're doing seven days into the year. Have you been faithful? We we must be focused on that relationship with God. And um, I, unapologetically, based on Scripture, will say this. If you do not have a ministry in our church, you are in direct disobedience to the Lord. And what do I mean by that? I mean that God, in two different places, gave us the parable about about the about the, the talents, and that is is that God has given every one of us talents, or He's given every one of us resources. and And He used the example in Scripture of 1, 3, and 5, and 1, 5, and 10. And He says that there's always the people that God has given a talent to, and they go and they bury it, and the good master comes back, representing Jesus Christ coming back, and they say, I was afraid! To use what you told me and gave to me. And, he, and the Lord even looks at them and says, depart from me. I never knew you. And then he comes to the one that he gave three talents. And, and Jesus would say, what did you do with the three talents that I gave you? And the, and the servant was able to display, here's how I use my talents for you, Lord. And Jesus would look, or the good master would look and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter. And then he would look at the one that had five talents, and he would say, what have you done with the multiple talents I gave you? And, this, and the servant with five talents would say, look at how involved I was. Look at all the things that I did for you so that we could have more people in heaven, that we could reach more people. And Jesus, the good master, patted him on the back and said, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. In the second time in scripture is also one, five, and ten, where the same story is used to illustrate to us the value of being involved. And folks, it's time that everyone understand that you have been given at least one talent to use for the Lord. Or at least one. And I'm looking at people in our church that have multiple talents. And um, it's time for you to engage. Quit sitting. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I am so busy during the week that I can only come Sunday morning from 1030 until you get done at noon. And that is using my talent. My dear friend, that is not using your talent. This church has over 45 to 50 different ministries that you could be involved in. Ways that you could be involved using your talents for the Lord. And I want to encourage you to get involved. And it's focused on faith, so there's going to be our relationship with God, there's going to be ministry involvement, there's going to be mission opportunities this coming year. We have an opportunity to go to Egypt, the Philippines, and Honduras. We have an in-state mission trip with our teenagers to help uh, someone who is serving here on uh, the reservation up in White River, Arizona. We also have an opportunity to go on a journeys or footsteps of Paul, and if you'll just make this note on February the 4th, Ezra Kamelvich will be here. He'll be speaking. Um, he's going to be ge- able to give us a complete update about Israel, and then he's also going to introduce the Journeys or Footsteps of Paul trip uh, on February the 4th. We have an invitation to go to Thailand to serve. There's simply not enough people to do all of these mission trips that we could go and serve because we have people that aren't as involved as they should be. And so I just want to say we need to be focused on our faith and the different opportunities we we can be involved in uh, abroad, but I want us to be focused on Project Five Two O. Project Five Two O represents our outreach ministry here. Obviously, Five Two O is our area code, and so we we uh, uh, Pastor Jonathan named that many years ago. Project Five Two O, and so all of our outreach. Uh, flows through Project Five Two O, and so this year I'd like to share with you as part of our vision. And this is going to be a big challenge. And some, as soon as you hear this, you say we can't do that. I'm going to say that we can do it. We're going to do our very best to do that. And that is, is that the couple weeks before Easter, we're going to we're going to deliver. 50,000 door hangers inviting people to one service, and that's Easter Sunday uh, of this coming year. We are going to, uh, ha- our, our theme, uh, Tabitha and I have already talked about our theme for Easter. We are going to go very big this year in what we're going to do for Easter Sunday. It's going to be a huge outreach opportunity for us. And so if I have unsafe friends, that's a Sunday I want them here. Easter Sunday. If I have unsaved co-workers, I'm going to circle that date on the calendar and make sure that I have my uh, unsaved co-workers here on that Sunday. It's going to be a spectacular Sunday morning in the fact that we're going to present Jesus Christ To everyone that we know that's unsaved and we're going to pray we're going to have 50,000 door hangers right here on uh, in front uh, and we're going to gather around as a church and we're going to pray for a 1% result and we're going to pray for 500 first-time visitors on Easter Sunday morning and so we're going to pray literally for a 99% failure rate and by any measure that's terrible but we're going to pray for a 1% result that 500 people would come and hear about Jesus on Easter Sunday. And we obviously know that if we do that many door hangers, that even uh, weeks after Easter, people will still come and visit. But it's going to take our church family to do that. I can assure you that the pastoral staff, the deacons, trustees, we, 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 uh, we, we may number in the, uh, around 35 or so. We cannot do 50,000. It's going to take all of us. And by the way, I think the pastor said just a few minutes ago that if I focused on fitness, by the time I have to do door hangers, I'll be fit and ready to go. And so you have plenty of time to break in a new pair of tennis shoes and to get ready uh, to help us do 50,000 doors here in Tucson and Vail. And um Surrounding areas and invite people to church. And then this year we're going to do Christmas different. We're going to do something called a Christmas experience. I think um, if you see what's happening in the courtyard, uh, we uh, we're going to have the annual Christmas tree uh, lighting and the theme there and next year we're going to go even bigger uh, I'd like for us to have a 40-foot Christmas tree next year an actual Christmas lighted even go I mean just go huge next year um, but in doing that and with the construction we've lost several of our big open areas and so a journey through Christmas is not possible right now until we rethink and reformat all of that so we're going to do a Christmas experience and so it's going to be a great opportunity. Um, uh, It's going to be patterned. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. There's a couple of other churches in other states who have done this, and they've seen thousands of people come in one day to their Christmas experience. And so we're going to uh, do something similar this year, um, and it's going to be amazing. How strong is your faith? How strong are we as a church? I'd like to invite Iona up here. Iona, where are you? Let's see. Are let me see if you could come up here and help me out here for just a moment. This is Iana. And uh, uh, would you help Iana uh, up the stairs here? Iona, I, I just want to say I'm, I'm thankful for you and thankful that you were able to, to be here today. Oh, where's the baby? No, no, we need the baby. Yeah, so we need the baby. Come on up here. Let's get the baby. Here, you hold your baby. All right? You got him? All right. You look like a new mom. You all right? You got him? All right. The, you, this is Iona. Um, uh, I don't. Every time I mention, Ayana, I don't want to have to repeat everything again. So this would be it. This is it, my last time. Ayana made some made some choices that um, that we do not approve as a church. She asked God, her family, and her church to forgive her. Forty five minutes after church, are still aligned. We have grown to love Ayana. and her son is here. What did you officially name your son? Azio. Azio. That's a, it, my Spanish is not great. So uh, 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 and so. Um, is going to be uh, a single mom in our church, and uh, many of you come alongside. You've encouraged her, and I want to say thank you uh, for that. Um, and, and so she's had to make some decisions uh, uh, as a result of decisions that she's made. She's still in school. She's uh, working, and so she's a single mom working. And, um, and so uh, her son, as a result of some choices that she made, do you know what? I said that we're going to focus on forgiveness. I am so thankful that God forgave and blessed. And I'm so thankful that God allowed us to forgive. Forgiveness is a sweet thing. And as a church family, we forgave Ayana, and, and And now we've loved on her and we've moved on. And now when the baby is here, we ought to be, how's the baby? How are you doing? And, and things like that. But do you know that, I, I, I asked Ayanna to come up here today for this reason. Do you know that she, should, she could have become bitter and disillusioned um, with her church, with her God, by our responses? And I think that we showed some love. And I want to thank you for that. And as a result of that, Iona continued to go to school, and so she still has, uh, she still has to live out her faith. And so uh, she had an instructor that just uh, gave her a, a, a very difficult uh, assignment, and that assignment was to d- design a three-fold brochure uh, to help parents understand their child's uh, gender and whatever their child's gender they thought it would be, wherever they wanted to be. She had to write a brochure uh, uh, about how that it was okay to have different genders and how parents can uh, have a stressless um, uh, experience with their son or daughter who didn't want to be a son or daughter. And so um, I honestly struggled with that because of her faith. Because we believe there are two genders, male and female. And so Iona reached out to us, and, and she says, Well, uh, what do I do about this? By the way, I'm so thankful for people willing to ask questions. We're not sure. How do I handle this? And I, I responded to her. I said, "Iona, um, uh, you have to understand that if you're going to live out your faith, there are only two genders, male and female. And if there's only two genders... And you're in school, and that's the assignment, and that's the brochure that you need to design. Is that there's only two genders, and you use Scripture, and you use resources, and you design that brochure. And then I said this, and you don't worry about the grade that you're going to receive for that. And I said, okay. That's what we am going do. And that's what she did. I'll let you, you're probably nervous. I'll let you go back down here. And um, thank you so much, Pastor David. So she did that, not knowing if she's going to get an F, because she did not do the assignment as the instructor had, had written the assignment to be. And here is her professor from Pima Community College. Here's her direct quote from I- Iona's assignment. You ready for this? Thank you for your work on the gender identity and stress brochure. You covered multiple topics in a visually appealing and cohesive brochure format. You included suggestions of resources for readers and had no grammatical errors. I appreciate you providing the most comprehensive assignment possible given your religious beliefs. End of quote. You know what I say? I'm thankful someone's willing to stand for their faith. Would it have been easy to write a brochure based on what you thought the professor wanted and get an A? Or can you stand for your faith? I say that Ayanna demonstrates she's focused on her faith. And I'm so thankful we have a God who forgives and a God who restores. And I'm so thankful that we have a church who forgives. And I'm so thankful we have a church who can restore. And I'm so thankful that we have a church that can love. And if we will be focused, it will be incredible what will happen. Now, here's what I want everybody to take away before we're dismissed. We do not know what's going to happen on a national and world scene in 2024. Do we? We do not. By everyone who's anybody, they're predicting 2024 to be a difficult year. And I don't want to get into it. Zero politics, no politics. No, I'm just saying we understand that what's happening in our country from an economic standpoint, border and an election year, we understand things could be difficult. We understand when you go to the grocery store, uh, things are difficult. Um, uh, one of our staff members was sharing that they went through a drive-through and for just he and his wife to get food, it was going to be thirty-two dollars for two meals at a drive-through fast food restaurant. Prices are out, out, out of whack. We uh, we are living in a very difficult time. We do not know what's going to happen at 24. And we all agree on that. But here's one thing we can agree on. If I am focused on my faith, it doesn't matter what happens at 24. And I want us to be focused on our faith, focused uh, in these other areas that I believe to be important. But first and foremost, I must be focused on my faith. I see folks who are visiting, and you say, wow, this is, isn't what I expected when I came to church this morning. And while well, I apologize, we do this once a year. We go through our, our theme, and we try to break it down so everyone understands it. May I just very quickly say this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can't be focused on your faith. It's the most important decision you ever make.